The following was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Pastor Jesse Giglio is speaking. So last week I, I get done talking and we did the kind of Martha and Mary, this idea of time and how we spend our time in moments of, uh, of, of our, our chronological brains and these chronos, divine moments, and sometimes we can not allow for these divine interruptions in our life because we're so rigid about the things that have to get done. And I know that kind of offended a lot of people, and there's, a, there's times I will offend you, and it's prob- a lot of the time it's because I probably said something offensive, but sometimes... It made us because there's something poking you in the heart, and you're like, ah, oh, that's me. And I, and I get done, I, and I come off the stage, and, and uh, we're wrapping up with song, and Amy just comes up to me, and she says, I don't even care. I like Martha. She gets stuff done. <laughs> and she may or may not have said stuff. <laughs> but... We absolutely need people to get stuff done, and some people need to get more stuff done, and, and, and the message of, I mean, there's a few people here, we know, and, and it's just allowing for space to, when Jesus shows up, or he's passing by to take a pause and, and jump in. So I just appreciate us sort of growing together, and I'm always getting, getting challenged as well with my wife, because I don't get enough stuff done sometimes. Um, but one of the things I do get done is I love to care for my plants. I'm a little bit of a plant guy, and it's kind of come on late in life. And hey, Dave. And we, we live in a, in a town home, and I don't have a yard, and there's not a ton of natural light. We have a patio, so it, but we make it work. And there's been this one plant that I've, a couple that I love. And there's this one plant that's, he just has a little harder time than the other plant. This one snake plant I have is just a champ. I mean, it just, you can't stop it. It's got scars and it's tough and it's strong and you can leave it in a closet for like a year and he'd be fine. I love those kind of plants. But this other plant, he takes a little more work and he, he's a little more picky about how he's watered in the light and where you move him around. And, and the kids and, and my wife know, I just, when I wake up in the morning, I come downstairs and I look Look to see how the plant's doing. I open up the blinds, and I kind of like poke at it, feel the water, and I'm really into this guy, and he's been with us for a little while now. But he's had some sort of hard seasons where it looks like he's done, and, and those are really discouraging seasons when he's like, man, he's not growing. Like, he used to look so good. I went by a plant at like Home Depot or, or, or Green Thumb, and it looks amazing, and then like, you know, a few months at your house, it doesn't look like the same plant. You're like, man, like what? And I, sometimes I think, I'm just going to throw it out and buy a new plant every, every month. It'd be easier. But this one I've kept along, and, I, and I'm, I'm caring for it, and I'm always excited when, when he's growing. And my brother was here, it was probably almost a year ago, maybe, maybe, maybe a little less. Jonathan, many of you guys know him. Uh, he's at least Instagram famous on, from Amy's account. But he'll hang out at our, our house, and he noticed I'd come down and like, care for this plant. And the plant was going through some hard times during this season. And he'd be like, dude, that thing's dead, bro. Let it go. <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, man, it's coming back. Like, I think, I think it's going to be okay. And he's like, nah, living things grow, living things grow. I'm like, no, dude, like, it's going to, this is, he was here for a few nights, and I'd come down every day and, like, you know, check on it. And I'm like, it's going. He's like, living, thing, living things grow. That's all I'm saying. Plant's dead. And I'm like, oh, my. And there was something very true about what he was saying. And I'm hanging on to this thing. And I was just sort of believing it, like, we can get it back. But at a glance, like, dude, it's done. It's dead. It's not producing 
the, the leaves are shriveled up. There's no new life on that thing. Let it, let it go. Because he's, he's right. Living things grow. Like there, there should be some sort of production of growth if it is alive, right? We're all in that. That's just how the world works. We're, we're part of that. Living things grow, whether it's, it's, it's you or a plant or animals or, or life of a, of, of a church. There should be some sign of, of growth, right? Our, our bodies, for the most part, stop growing, but there's parts of our body that don't stop growing. Anyone know? Cartilage. Right? So your ears and your nose don't stop growing. That is a cruel joke. Who wants their ears and nose to never stop growing? Why? Why? Why did you do that? It's, it's, but they will continue to grow, and your earlobes will get lower from gravity. I mean, it's this sort of play on our, on our face, and they just continue on. And there's some, some species that continue on. They just don't stop growing, and it's very interesting. Some parts of our body don't stop growing. Like Most of our stomachs don't stop growing. I've heard from some people their butts don't stop growing. Any, any, I mean, doesn't anyone attest to that? But, it, but some of it, it just goes on. If we're alive, things will change and things, and things will grow. I could do without some parts of my body that way, but, but I want my life to grow. I want my, my, uh, my emotional intelligence to grow, my spirituality to grow, my relationship with my God and my wife and my family and my friends. I want there to be healthy growth there. That's a good thing. Ever talk with somebody and you're having a conversation about somebody from uh, your past, and, and maybe it's high school and someone says, yeah, they haven't changed at all. They haven't changed much. And usually that's not a good thing. If you're thinking about somebody and that, that sentiment comes up, yeah, they haven't changed much, it usually infers like they have had not had any growth in their life. Now, that can be a compliment maybe if you look really good through, you know, a certain age. But for the most part, yeah, they haven't changed. That is a negative connotation to that. That's not a good thing. I mean, if, if people said that about me from high school, I, mean, I would not be fit to be a pastor here at all. I probably wouldn't be allowed in the country. Like, I have to have changed from that time of my life. And for me, there, there was, for another time, it was fairly dramatic. And, and for some of us, that's a slower process. But there should be growth. There should be growth in your relationships with your, your, your spouse, for sure, your, your kids, your, your coworkers, people you've known for a while. One of the joys of, of being a bartender, I'm, I'm at the brewery a few days a week. Most of you guys know that. Um, and I get to see a lot of the same people all the time. I see a lot of people there more consistently than I see a lot of you guys. And that's just the way it is, right? That's a lot of our day jobs, right? We don't spend as much time here. And then we have really meaningful times together. But a lot of our life is spent in these other spaces that we live in. And so I spend a lot of time with these people. And there's people there that are they're the regulars. I mean, they are the cheers bar kind of guys. They show up and they have their same seats. And they sit down and they talk. And over time, because we're there together, and I, I can be talkative when I want to be, and, and we hang out, and I hear stuff, and, I, and, they, and people share stuff. And they begin to open up, open up their life. And, and people can get pretty honest at the bar. And you've heard me say that. People get very honest there. And they share very honest things about their life. And I hear that from church people. Church people just take longer to be honest than regular people sometimes, especially among other church people. I love church people. I'm a church people. It takes us a while sometimes to be honest with one another, where people at the bar, to the bartender, they seem pretty comfortable. And so I hang out, and I, and I hear stuff, and I've, and I've been there a couple years now, and I've gotten to know some people pretty well, and some of these stories start going, and, and they're about uh, relationship, separation, you know, being fired, quitting, literally going to prison. Some of you have heard that story. I just get all this life 
kind of across, across the bow of, of the bar. And sometimes I can see people progressing and getting to better places, and a lot of times I can see not. And this story starts to open up, and some of us have been this person or have listened to this person, and you're hearing this, you're like, this is the same story, dude. This is the same problem you always talk about. Didn't we already do this? You're in the same place as you were a week ago, as you were a month ago, as you were a year ago. Same bad work environment, same poor decisions with, with, your, with your boyfriend, same roommate chaos, same financial you know, ruin, same trouble with kids. And I can hear this, and at some point over time, because I don't know if people always come to the bartender for advice, but I think now they, they owe my pastor and they, they're a little more open to it. But I can begin over time because there's relationship, and I would do that with any of you, and I would hope you would do that with me, is there's relationship. We talk through, like, okay, so, I mean, why do you think you're there? And a lot of times they basically say something to the, to the extent of, because I'm still in the same place. My work is still a bummer because I'm still there, and I feel like I should be getting out. But a year later, I'm still there, and so I'm still here complaining about the same thing. And my, my abusive relationship is the same because I'm still there. And we can fall into those places, no matter how good you think you are, when you stay in the same place for too long, if it's unhealthy, it will begin to kill you. And the fatigue of being in an unhealthy place, and that could be a relationship, it could be a physical place for you, it could be your, you know, your work, it, it could be a church, it could be a place of worship. The fatigue of being there can begin to kill you. It begins to harm your soul. You begin to stop living. And if you're not, and, and, and if you're not growing, you're dying. And so you begin to sort of shrink back. And John 10, 10 says this, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus is hard for us. It's not that we would just survive and get by and be like a plant that's barely alive. It's, a, it's being full. It's reproducing. It's alive. It looks healthy. When Jesus came, he's like, man, you got to get out of this rut you guys are in. Let me liberate you from that. Let me, let me grant you freedom from that. The Bible talks often about growth. I'll just read a couple versions of it now, one from the Old Testament, one from the New, about people. Uh, 1 Samuel 2.26 says this, the boy Samuel, Samuel is a great, uh, great prophet, uh, oversaw the beginning of the kingdom of Israel. The boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. So he came into service of God as, as a boy. And, and the text tells us he grew. So he didn't, he didn't come out like Superman, like he was all of a sudden amazing. He took time. There was growth. He grew in stature, in favor with God and with people. Some of you recognize that verse from, from the New Testament, Luke 2.42. Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and people. So there's this growth continuum from our greatest prophet to our, to, our, to our King Jesus that the writers note as they grow up, they grow in this relationship. Jesus, Jesus is a little trickier, but they grow in this relationship with people and the relationship with, with their father. And we need that, to put that verse somewhere in our lives. Am I growing in stature and favor with God and with people? And if you think, man, I'm, I'm great with God, but, man, I have, no peop- I have no people interaction that's healthy at all. That's not good. That doesn't work. Or like, man, I have great community, lots of friends, but I haven't really talked to God in years. That doesn't really work either. To grow, we want to move both of those things, both of those things along. Jesus uh, 
talked in parables often, these stories. I'm going to look at one in Matthew today, a familiar, familiar parable. And he related to people sort of where they were at. Often he used uh, common phenomenon to illustrate activity of the kingdom of heaven. So he talked about something everybody knew about, that we all knew about. Like, so for us, to be like, oh yeah, you know, Ventura Pier, the ocean. I tell stories a lot, right, from work, from family. It's stuff we can relate to. Jesus talked about stuff that people could relate to to illustrate his, his, his work on the planet Earth at this time. And this story goes like this. Uh, the same day, so he's in this series of storytelling. Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him, and he got into a boat and sat in it. While all the people stood on the shore, oh, sorry, while all the people stood on the shore. Pause there. So he's out by this lake. I have a picture. Um, so this cove here is, is in um, where Jesus did a lot of ministry. So above that cove would be the Mount of Beatitudes. This cove here is what's called to, Sower's Cove. And it's likely or possibly, quite possibly, a place where he told a lot of these stories in parables, uh, particularly about the sower. And you can throw this other picture up. It's a little broader one. And it's kind of cool. This is a modern picture of it. But guys have shown up with this thing, and, it's just, and it creates this really awesome natural amphitheater. This is just for fun. This natural amphitheater. And tours have gone by. And this one guy did a study. He said, from a boat... You can stand on a boat by the shore. People up on this hillside, you can get up into to, to, to pushing north of 5,000 people can hear one person without sound in this place. So, so it helps a little bit because we kind of glance over these, these stories, and it's like all these people are here, and Jesus is talking like, man, the guys in the back did not hear a thing. Like 5,000 people were there. Like they're just going with the guy in front of them. Like, oh, raise my hand. Sure, I'm in it. But, but there's these parts of, of the landscape, and if, we, if you've been to a really great amphitheater or some of these music halls, you've seen this play out. It's pretty cool. People can go unplugged or acapella, and you can hear for, for, through thousands of people. So this is where he's hanging out. And he's on, the, on this boat because it got a little too crowded on the shore. And these people are listening to him. Uh, yeah, Cove of the Sowers is, is, is the place. And, and he starts to say this, he tells this story. And you can see there's a sign of farmland behind it. This is where they're living. And he told them many things in stories. And it says this in verse 3. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. The birds came and ate it up. Some fell in rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on the good soil where it produced the crop. 160 or 30 times what was sown. So he's telling his story, and, and we've, most of us have probably heard some of this story, uh, but he's talking to agricultural communities. They understood farming, so Jesus talks a lot about farming. We largely don't understand farming. Some of us do, but, but most of us really don't. So when Jesus drops these parables, when I read the text, I usually try to find out more. The vineyard stuff, anyone like an expert in vineyards? No, but he talks about the vineyards. We're like, oh, cool, the vineyards. But we don't understand it, so we try to lean in the best we can. And the farmers, when Jesus is talking about this, this place, people were farmers. It was, it was agrarian society. They had fields. When he talks first about this, this path, so the farmers would have 
Um, boundaries, you could throw that other one back up, Alex, maybe. It's, it's a little bit of the farmland. But you can see when people lay their crops, particularly from one to the next or even a property to the next, there is these paths that they use to get around it because you don't want to just walk on stuff or walk on your neighbor's stuff. So they developed this, this path, and this was common by all farmers. And, and, and over the time, the path on, on the farm, right, what would happen to it? It would just get worn down, right? It packed in. It would, you'd walk on it. This isn't, this isn't difficult stuff. They'd walk on this path. It would get, it would get um, you know, compacted, and, and it was just used as sort of more of a road than anything you'd plant. So this, the soil was not helpful there. So the seed falls on this, and it's not able to penetrate because it's been used for walking, and it just can't get in, and it doesn't last. The soil is hard, impenetrable. The path's not good. Second type of, of soil mentioned is this rocky places or, or shallow soil. And this is where the plow, when they're plowing the land, it just didn't cut deeply enough. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't really break through the surface. This is areas that there's just maybe stuff on the edges where it's just getting kind of craggy and it's messed up. The third type of soil is a thorny soil. And this, again, this is kind of be on the, on the corners of a lot uh, where they're just not tearing it up or they've kind of drawn a marker. And a plow couldn't reach. Maybe it was up a hillside a little bit. And the weeds overtake these areas. And here's the thing, all these types of soil, because I've seen this, this talk and I've read it in, in, in books, one of the things I want to think about here, all these types of soil, they're really on the same plot of land. We're not thinking about, oh, he's scattered seed, like, oh, well, one went on the street, one went on the sand. It's all on the same property. When, I talk, when he's talking to farmers and people about their field, like, oh, yeah, I know that part, that's this corner, this is the path. It's all on the same thing, which means it's all the same soil. It's all the same soil. It's all the same land. This isn't like, oh, there's a seed here, and then we threw seeds way over up on the mountains. It's all the same soil. It's all the same land. And the fruit that's produced, it, it really had less to do with this, the, how rich the soil was, because the soil in that area is all good, but where they put it, it's how they cultivated the soil. That's how the soil was turned up and cared for, how it was plowed. How yielded to the plow it, it was. If it's real rocky and the plow is just not going to work there, it, it backs off and you use another part. But the thing that made it good was, was the love and the care and the work that soil re- received. And all the soil has potential, but some of them just didn't get the sort of care or cultivation or work to make it go. And the environment that we would create for that seed is, is, is everything. It's It's key. And the environment that takes work took took to the best is the area that also took work. That soil takes work. That environment takes work. And Jesus explains it this way. He goes on a few verses, and it's like as if he didn't, as if the people didn't know. His disciples said, "Listen to what it means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in the heart. This is a seed thrown on the path, sown on the path. It just can't get in." And, and the challenge here, and this is a throw out for some of us today, when we have challenges in our relationship with God, there is a part of us, if we're honest, we could trace it back to, like, why am I do, not doing well? What's not taking it? Maybe you just don't understand something. Maybe you don't understand God, and I'm going to let you in on something. You don't. You don't understand everything about God, so you're okay there. But some of us get in these, these kind of crummy environments. We create these environments for ourselves. Like, eh, I don't get it. I don't know what God's doing. I don't know why this happened. Those are hard places. That's okay. Be honest with that. I don't understand what's happening here. Now, you can just move on and just let, let it all go. Or we can lean into that stuff together. See if we can get you out of, that, out of that place. We think about these sort of metaphorically, these places we're in. 
that area where you're just having tons of doubt, you have no understanding, that's a hard place. That's a hard place to grow and feel healthy. And that's, that's all right. That's an honest place, but you don't want to stay there. You don't want to stay in that place. Seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and once receives it with joy. Since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they fall away quickly. Man, trouble or persecution is a real thing. We're all going to find ourselves in those spots. How do we respond to God? What's been built up in us? I go through those places, right? I've been there. I will go through them again. And what's really helpful there is sort of a, 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 a deeper understanding of what's going on, and we can lean on that through the word, through community. Okay, I've been here. I'm here now. I don't, I don't want to stay here because I'll die if I stay here in this place of persecution, but I, I, I know I'm going to get through it. When you're in those places, you don't want to hang out in those places. And some of you love to wallow in those places. But if you're not growing for too, for too long, you're dying. And so when you stay in those places of, man, I just don't understand anything. What's God doing? I'd have tons of doubts. Like, that's okay for a while, but you don't want to stay there. Man, I'm just going through a really hard time. I feel persecuted. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's work through that. Seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word but worries about his life and the deceitfulness of wealth and chokes out the word, making it unfruitful. Worry. How many of us hang out in the place of worry? We talked about that a few weeks ago. Worry is an unhealthy environment for growth, for life. If you live in worry, you are fatiguing your soul whether you know it or not. When you live in worry, when you stay in worry, when you just want to hang out in worry... And it just, it just starts to bring you down. And Jesus is speaking to these, these sort of different contexts. And a seed falls on good soil. It refers to someone who hears the word, understands it. Remember, understanding is really helpful, right? We're, we're about faith and, and trust, but we also have a mind that we want to understand situations, and we can use one another to help with that. And these ones will produce crop, and this, this, is, a, this, is, this is a good place for, for God to do work in your life. And some of us just need to kind of think about where we're at. And I don't want this to be fatalistic. So, you know, in the context of, of kingdom life, there's like, yeah, not everyone is, is going to get there. But for some of us, metaphorically, if you're in those places, you don't want to stay in that place. How do we move? How do we change our environments a little bit so that we might grow? If you feel like you haven't grown in God or spirituality or you're just going backwards, and, and I have been in those places like, man, I feel like I used to be so much closer to Jesus. That's the wrong direction. It's like, okay, acknowledge that and begin to think about how do I create some environments that are a little healthier for me? When I first came to Jesus about, man, I was probably 18, 19 years old, 20 years ago, I, 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 I came out of a real rocky high school period, didn't grow up in church, came to Jesus, and uh, it was amazing, and I, and I had my eyes open, I was blind, now I see, and it was just passionate. But one of the challenges I had coming from my, my, my background was that environment that I would end up back in was really the same. So I had kind of come out like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling alive, but if I hung back out in the same environment, this is going to kill me. I'm not going to live. I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to make it. And it was hard to sort of move out of that space of friends and a certain lifestyle 
because I had known that lifestyle. It was healthy. It felt healthy for me at the time. It wasn't. But it's where I wanted to be. And I was like, man, I can't be here anymore. I've got to move out of this place. And those of you who just continue to struggle with the same things, you've got to start thinking about how do I move out of this place? And so I'm going to encourage you. I want to say you're not stuck. You're not stuck. Maybe you think you are, and you are. If you are, it's not permanent. You're not stuck. No, I'm just stuck. Can't do anything. I'm just stuck here. Can't, can't move. You're not stuck. You're not stuck. If, if there is a God and there is a Jesus and there is a Holy Spirit, we can move you out of that place. And your current conditions, if your current conditions are, are, are great, awesome. But your current conditions do not reflect your ultimate potential. Your current conditions do not reflect your ultimate condi- potential. If you're in a place and you've sort of given up, like, ah, this is where I'm at. I mean, my soil's not good, but it's not that bad. Man, life in abundance, life to the full. Your current conditions don't reflect your ultimate potential. Man, I just don't really connect with God that well. But man, you, can, you have more potential. There's more for you. You're not stuck. Your current conditions do not reflect your ultimate potential. If you feel like you're in one of these bad environments, let's think about moving you out. I want to encourage you with this, too. You can do it. I think God, sometimes we think, man, man I'm nothing. I can't do anything. God's like, eh, I love you. You're my son or daughter. You know, you know what you need to do. Let's start doing it. Let's do this together. You can do it. Don't stay stuck where you are. Whatever that challenge is for you, and maybe that's some sort of uh, addiction or anxiety or lack of community or lack of connection with God, you're able Think, I, all right, I can, you have to start to believe a little bit. God believes in you. Jesus believes in you. You can believe in yourself a little bit. That's okay. He wants us to excel and to do well. Many of us have believed in, could believe in a certain Christmas character. I don't know if there are any kids in here. For years of our life. Years of it, you believe in this guy. But as an adult, it's like, man, it's hard to believe in yourself for five minutes. Like, yeah, I'm not good enough. I can't do it. It's not gonna, nothing will change. Man, you are the son or daughter of the king. There is, there is great potential for you. Start small. We'll, uh, we'll, we won't get to this all today, but Jesus talks about the mustard seed and, and right in this section. Mustard seed is one of the smallest known seeds in that time and uh, of all the land, and it, and it grows into these really great garden plants and trees. And for the disciples at the time, uh, starting small was certainly what was, what was happening. They were excited, but Jesus was talking about the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And there's like Jesus and 12 guys like homeless wandering around town. It's like, this is it. This is the kingdom. So we just kind of do this. And sometimes the crowds come and people, sometimes people try to kill you. And that's sort of what's happening. That's the kingdom. And when it started small, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's, it's, it's not done. It, it's starting in this seed and starts small. It's like opening up, opening up this door. And maybe that's your faith overall. You just need to begin to open up that door of your faith. Maybe it's cracked. That's fine. It's okay. Some of us can open the door slowly and begin to make small changes, allow more light in, allow more of God in your life. Some of our stories are just like wide open, you know, Kramer on side, just come bursting in like everything changes at once. A lot of it's a little more incremental. That's okay to start small. God loves, loves the small. Then pay attention to your life. Pay attention to your life. Pay attention to things you're saying, what you're doing. If you can just hear yourself talk sometimes when I do this at the, at the bar, I'm like, do you hear yourself? I'm like, yeah. 
Well, pay attention. You've, you can solve your own problems a lot of times. Pay attention. If we don't consciously think about what we think, think about what we think about, if we don't consciously plant the seeds of what we want in, 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 the, in the garden of our mind, we'll end up with the weeds. So if you're not consciously cultivating and curating and caring for your life and your words and what you think about and what you're doing, the natural is, is weeds. It's, it's, it's junk. It's craggy things. It takes work. This whole thing, just, it, just, it just takes work. And so that soil, that good soil, takes work. No farmer would ever say, oh, it's easy. Farming's hard. Well, farming's hard. Anyone who's been around a farm, it's hard work. It's not easy. But man, it's, it's also very possible, and there is great fruit out there for you. There is great potential out there for you. And so as you think about your survey, your, your life, and areas that you've just been stuck in, stop telling yourself, that's all right, I'm not stuck, I'm going, to, I'm moving. I'm moving, I'm getting out of that. I am, I'm getting out of that, I'm going to get help. I'm getting help from depression, I'm getting help from addiction, I'm getting help from worry. I don't understand God, I'm going to get help there, I want to talk to somebody. Start moving that thing along. I'm going to have Josh come up and we're going to wrap up. But I'm going to pray for you, all of us, and uh, just grateful for this, this, this crew. God, thanks for this morning. Thank you for who you are, your stories, your love. Um, God, I just pray, especially someone right now who just feels like, man, I am not healthy. I am not growing. And if we're not growing, we're dying. Uh, I pray you just give that person revelation, Holy Spirit guidance, peace, love, lots of grace. And it's the heart to begin to, to, to change environments, to begin to work on the soil in their life, to begin to bring health. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.